Good day, Roy Show listeners from all over the world. It's great to be back with you in the middle of the Olympic program. Um, we're excited for the next few days of racing, certainly, and yeah, looking forward to discussing what's happened in the first few days of heats and repercharges and what we anticipate in the semis and finals. Um, it's James Thompson standing in for Lawrence and Jake again, um, and we are joined by Dustin Butler for the main show. First of all, just before we, we get into that show, we were, we were contacted by um, a voice, some voice notes by Sophie Sauer, the Dutch lady single scholar. She spent some time in the eight, the time in the quads, um, a little bit of time in the four, I believe, as well, um, and a seasoned campaigner for the Dutch ladies. She's in the single now. She's just qualified today for the semifinal through a quarterfinal. She talks us through how that race went, the difficulties of the weather and up at the start, and then into um, the atmosphere within the team, and more importantly, now that they've had a COVID positive test within their team, what changes. And then uh, lastly, she just talks about the changes of weather. So yeah, firsthand um, athlete's perspective, we thought we would lead into the show with that, and then Dustin and I will talk you through some of the more um, highlighted talking points of the day. Enjoy. Start was looking tricky. Um, I was something with I was not understanding much, but I was kind of stuck at this in the first stroke, which my blade was acting a bit weird on it. Um, but after a couple of strokes, uh, um, I got back um, back on track. Um, yeah, for sure, the, st- the wind is also affecting um, affecting the start area, as in uh, also during the race when there's less cover from the the flags and the um, decide that there's some open area all of a sudden um it does move you around a bit and especially blows you aside which um, makes it difficult to stay in a good rhythm and ask a lot of adaptation and also it's consuming for sure more energy um it's not an easy thing but um today was okay um for sure it can be worse so um i think a lot of rowers are managing it and sometimes yeah it does put you a bit in trouble uh, the atmosphere in the team is good. Um, yeah, for sure, there is some chaos at the moment, uh, um, and it does bring up some stress. But um, other than that, of course, we are also functioning as a team for quite a while. We know what to do, and we also have a lot of staff members, coaches around us um, that are able to help or are there to uh, to support. Um, yeah, you only have one goal, and you're focusing on that goal, and. Uh, um, for sure, you make sure that whatever happens, uh, you don't get distract- distracted. And this is, of, of course, a bump. Uh, um, but um, yeah, today we just have to let it sink in. Tomorrow uh, we start all over again, focusing on the next races. Um, with changing the schedule, um, yeah, we also, of course, have considered that even before the Olympics that everything can can happen and can change. Uh, we have also seen it in the Rio Olympics, uh, London Olympics. You see that, yeah, it, it never goes in a week tournament like this uh, the way you maybe want or that the schedule stays the same. Uh, the wind was anyway already from the start of the beginning of the of the tournament was uh, 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 something that could uh, make change in the schedule. So, yeah, at least you're already prepared that your races can be moved forward and backward and... Um, Training plan-wise, we have done all our trainings, necessary trainings already. So 
our training plan would not change so much um, this week anymore as you try to do one or two trainings a day and two trainings when the race is a bit further away and one training um, when you have the next day racing. But um, yeah, for now, it's just maintaining a bit the energy and the focus uh, on that you try just to relax as much as possible. Yeah, so some great insight there from Sophie um, and we wish her well into the semi-final. Um, and then on to Dust. Uh, Dustin Butler is now living in Australia. He spent a lot of time with me in the build-up to London. Um, coach, he was heavily involved in our lightweight fall. Um, and he's now he's been spent some time in the UK and has good insight into both the UK and the Australian um, teams, having spent time in all in both of those countries and, of course, the South African um, country. He's very well wor- versed in sport of rowing and all the nuances and certainly from a coach's perspective it's great to have him here with us today dust welcome to the show thanks james great to be back matt uh been a been a while since i last uh took part in the the podcast and yeah what is an exciting time to be back so so awesome seeing crews back on the water after the hiatus um and yeah so far it's been been really really exciting that the the heats, some of the semis today, some top class racing and some top class rowing. COVID seems like the break hasn't sort of uh, dampened the cruise at all. Some some really fast rowing out there. Um, and excited to talk it through with you. Yeah, it's been really good to just see all the top guys back in one place again. And you just see the the standard of that rowing. I, I, it's just been blowing my mind this this last few days. The really top cruise class act. Um, cool. So just to get into the news straight out, the first things that have changed since we last spoke to you a week ago, um, we are recording this, uh, about 45 minutes post the finish of racing on Sunday of the Olympic regatta, the heats are now all over. Um, and I think it would be a miss. Obviously this is the row show. Um, it's tightly linked to both Jake and Lawrence who are in the two crews of South Africa. And it would be a miss not to just, um, shout out to the boys. I've had a very tough week. Um, we're not going to dive into like the whys of what's going on here, but they've obviously um, had a disastrous few days at the games um, and it's not the results that either of those crews wanted. Um, yes, so there's there's a bit in the news last night from Roger Barrow saying he's not sure what's happened and I think that's probably correct at this point. Um, it's too soon to really digest all of it. So I'll shout out to Lawrence and Jake and of course their crews and the staff in the SA system over there. Hasn't been what they wanted. Um, and I'm sure Jake and Lawrence will be able to dive into that. Um, maybe they'll do a final um, Olympic diary episodes for those that are, are following those. Um, but yeah, gut-wrenching stuff, and I'm sure they want a few, um, just a few days to stomach it all. Um, talking about some days, um, I think our first piece of news coming out about half an hour ago or so was racing delayed. Dust, do you want to give us the details of what, what's come there? Yeah, it looks like um, with the storm rolling in, I think we all knew that Monday was going to be postponed and racing had been sort of moved forward to uh, yesterday and today. Um, but it looks like the weather is going to further affect Tuesday's racing uh, with racing beginning again on Wednesday. Um, I think we've got the, the A finals of the men's and women's quad taking part on Wednesday. Um, and then some semifinals in the lightweight men's double, the lightweight women's double, the men's pair and the women's pair. Um, yeah, so everything has been pushed out. I think, yeah, a few things there to unpack and probably a little bit later. But, um, yeah, I don't know what the access to the course is going to be for training um, in the next couple of days, never mind the, the racing being postponed. 
Um, so that that might upset some of the cruise preparations going into to the pointy end of the regatta semi-finals and finals on the on the horizon. Yeah, I can tell you, us living on a different time zone, um, we're quite happy to have an off day, um, <laughs> and uh, and two will do as well as well. So things bumped out to Wednesday night for some of us living in the in the other uh, other half of the world. But no, we look, we obviously will will dig into what those delays will mean as we go through the various boat classes that we're going to chat through today. Um, yeah, so that's the one piece of news. I think the, the second major piece of news is um, we, we knew COVID would be a factor at this together. Um, and we spoke at the last, last of, um, the last podcast that it was probably going to be its head. And it looks like um, the Dutch, the Dutch have had a positive, um, a positive case in their single scholar, and now today it's announcing that a positive case in one of their coaching staff. And I believe you also mentioned just a few of the, the broadest, the, the broader team have also had a few positives. Yeah, it looks like some physiotherapists, so, you know, people have been in contact with athletes uh, on a day-to-day basis. So, pretty worrying. I mean, I guess one of the talking points uh, beyond COVID to do with the Dutch is just how staggeringly good they've been in the regatta all round, you know, across, across, across the breadth of the 14 boat classes, there has been a Dutch boat at the pointy end of the field. Um, every time we've watched a race and they've been, they've been pretty good and, and, and up front and center with this new, new development with COVID, who knows what, what we might be in for later on in the week as, as that, that evolves. Um, pretty worrying from their their standpoint i guess uh and we hate to think what might happen you know heartbreaking if someone was pulled from the regatta before a semi-final and or a final um but yeah i guess thoughts with the dutch and let's hope that can be contained um because we don't want that to upset what looks to be uh, a, a big party from them and in, in terms of the, the what they've put out so far yeah absolutely i think just that the development of that squad has just been amazing and um, it's, it could wreak havoc. I'd be interesting. I'm sure these two days now also allows them to maybe um, just isolate a little bit, like keep, keep a very low profile. Um, I don't know. Obviously, they'd have to work, work through all of those things their side. But um, Well, what I've heard is happening is that there's, there's isolation pods within the team now. So anyone that's been in close contact of anyone that's, that's – returned a COVID positive test now going to sort of isolation bubbles where they are separated from the rest of the squad. They sleep in separate rooms. They travel to the course in different, different vehicles. So there's, there's no contact with other members of the squad. Um, yeah. Hopefully those measures that have been put in place help contain the thing. Yeah. And of course that's what they have to do. My question from like, I think they must've had a very positive energy in that squad amongst each other. A lot of, a lot of good crews. Um, yeah. being good here and good there. And now suddenly um, they're isolating from each other. But obviously, if your crew is going well at this stage, you've got all the motivation you need. So um, I don't think it'll affect it too much, but it's just an interesting point. And I definitely think um, it's something that we're going to have to keep a close eye on. And I hope, um, of course, we, we hope that they all get get through it and that we, we, we see as many athletes on the start line as possible. Um, Absolutely. There's been... There's been lots of talk in the week uh, about the course conditions, a lot of crosswind discussion, a lot of bumpy going. From what we're looking at on the screen, it looks pretty bumpy, I won't lie. Um, and a lot of the athletes seem to be downplaying it. So I guess there's not that much in there. And I, I, I don't think there's been anyone like out who, because of the conditions, um, and you don't see, there's not too much hype about it, but there's definitely a little murmur there around the course conditions. 
Have you heard anything, Dust? No, not too much. I'd like it doesn't seem to have like played out, you know, too much with any individuals' hopes, dreams dashed because of it. Um, I think there's definitely that prevailing crosswind too, which seems to be pushing a lot of the crews to one side. And I saw, you know, a couple single scholars in today's racing hitting boys and, and possibly losing spots because of it. But I think that, you know, crosswinds, that, that's part of the sport. I think what, what might be different from what we normally see is just, you know, the bumpiness of the water. And it's, I suppose there's concrete walls on the side. It's just a lot of energy in the water and the water just being pushed around quite a bit. I suppose for, for British listeners, they'd be, be pretty familiar with uh, the course in east of London called the Docklands, which is right next to an airport and, and has, has similar walls on the side. And anyone that's familiar with that that course knows knows how the water can bump around there. So I think that the athletes are, are dealing with similar conditions, but with the prevailing wind being pretty light at the moment, like it seems, seems to be all right and it seems to be fair across the course. And I think that's the most important point. Yeah. Um cool so it's let's see how that plays out i guess uh, th- there's one aspect of that that maybe guys will look to um if, if they might have been happy with like a second or a third and a in a quarter or a semi um they might push on and and uh, and just secure that top spot just sort of like taking that safe that safe bet in case the lanes get re- readjusted um, because once we get to readjusting of lanes, then I, uh, it's everyone's across on the one side, and you and you you don't want to be caught out in lane six. Um, the fastest guys are in lane one. Um, okay, so top performers, Dust. Let's uh, who's uh, who's jumped off the page for you over the last few days of racing? First three days in. Well, a lot of a lot of great performances. I guess we'll go back to the Dutch again. I think uh, the Dutch men's men's sculling has just been sublime. That that double um, just. Two big, strong guys that seem to row really well. They were really impressive in in the in the heats to start up with, and then today again, really patient row um, and rode uh, rode down the Chinese um, to record a good win. French and in, in the other other heat were were similarly patient and and also did pretty well. Um, yeah, so they stood out. I suppose in that event, something to talk about, and I know a lot of our listeners and our, our our picking competition chose the Irish and they don't oh, seem yes. to fight in this regatta. Yeah. 75% of the pick the winners guys put the Irish in for at least a medal. Um, and they really haven't fired. So it's, it's odd for me that you've got a whole squad firing. You've got two guys, um, who previous performers and you've, you've just got that one outlier, um, that one outlier crew. Um, maybe they don't like the heat be a factor i think that's maybe something we haven't spoken about is, is the heat going to have a play um, in this um but yeah the irish definitely underperforming and more importantly underperforming in a squad that is performing so they've got lots of things right there they've obviously got the, the timing and all of that um at least okay at this point of the regatta but the irish men's double big big surprise and certainly um, i'm sure they're scratching their heads quite hard this morning as well yeah yeah um Talking about the Anything? Irish, uh, the one for me, while we're on the Irish, the top performers at Women's Four, um, pushing um, uh, pushing Australia. Um, Australian w- women really seem to be on good form. Um, so it doesn't look like COVID's had much of a being isolated down in the Oz. hasn't been too bad for the Aussie squad. I think across men and women, the Aussies are looking quite good. Um, but that women's, f- um, the Irish women's four pushing the, the, 
the Aussies. And I think both those fours looked really good for me. It's As I mentioned in the pre-show, that's the race I'm looking forward to watching the most. Um, first time back in the back in the Olympic program. And it's it's been taken on by the countries really well. And we're seeing countries like Ireland suddenly have a sweet program as opposed to just women's pairs. So um, I'm really chuffed to see that coming through. And yeah, maybe the long shot of... Uh, the, the long shot of Ireland um, being really good on the medal table um, might still be on the cards there, for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the Irish women's four, certainly my top performer at the moment, just seeing them come through. Um, or maybe not top performer, but uh, the one I enjoyed watching, push on the Aussies there. Yeah, taking nothing away from the Irish's performance, but let's remember that the, the Aussie four had two girls that had doubled up and had rode two hours previous to that race in, in the women's pair. Another, another great event. Three heats and three winners of those heats looked looked in great form. The Canadians, the Kiwis, and the Aussies uh, really looking good. And I guess you know the Aussies probably putting a bit of a marker down there too, beating uh, the previous Olympic champions GB um, in that heat of that race. Yeah. So sh- should we dive into the doubling up a little bit? Um, yeah. So we got as far as I know, we got two crews doubling up. Um, and it's a little bit different. Normally, we see doubling up in the women's eight to um, eight to pair, which is quite a different boat class. They're as far apart from each other as you can get, I guess, in sweeper. Um, and the program has normally been quite conducive um, to to that doubling up. But now, first of all, we've seen a, a program change, and I haven't actually dug into what this new program change is going to mean for the doubling up. But suddenly, we've had. I think the women's four and the women's eight were always going to be on the same day. So those girls knew what they were getting nice. themselves into. In it's the women's heats. pair and the, the women's pair and the women's four were always on on the same day. So when the Aussies made the decision to to double up in that boat class, if you remember, previously the Aussie, Aussie women's pair were in the eight at the 2019 World Champs. They made the decision to to go go into the four and bolster that that crew, but they knew knew well that the. Uh, that the heats were on the same day as as the four, uh, the eight. That was the surprise, and the eight was was meant to be on on Monday, but that got pushed pushed uh, pushed earlier on in the program. Uh, so it was probably a little bit of a surprise for the Kiwi girls who had to double up in that event, but it uh, didn't seem like they had a problem with that. So doing pretty well in both boats. So, yeah. So suddenly they've got a bit of a change. They're racing twice in one day. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where the finals are going to end up with all this shuffling of programs. Um, as I said, I haven't seen that yet, but it's definitely a factor. Um, and do you think it affects when the guys are doubling up there? How much, obviously, that decision of doubling up is only when you're really strong. We only see the best people doubling up. But do you think it comes down to as simple as if you believe you're going to go through the heat, and the eight is generally top one, so it's quite a hard heat to go through, um, do you think that's obviously massively influencing the um, the choice to double up? And then more importantly, like how, how much dust do you think is going into guys changing their race strategy because of that? Saying, okay, um, we all in like, I don't know. Is there something in race strategies changing because people are doubling up? Are they, um, if Ireland had really pushed Aussies, do you think they would have backed off and just said, okay, we've got the job done. We've got an outside lane in the final um, or do you think they were all in? 
look, I think if you're coming into these Olympics particularly and not have a philosophy of being adaptable, um, I think you probably left something something behind. And I think all these girls are showing that, you know, they're adaptable and, and ready to go. As far as racing, look, I just think you touched on it earlier with, you know, the weather conditions and potentially re- reseeding of lanes. I think you've just got to put your best, your best, you know, show on the day and, and go go all out and get the best qualifying position because you don't know what it means later on down the regatta and down the track. Um, so in terms of strategy, I think it's probably just, just to do your best and win, and win every time you can because you don't know what, what the outcome might be. And if you try game the system, you might be on the wrong side of it later on. So I think at, at this stage, it's not too much of a factor. And let's remember, it's also the Olympics. Um, it's not a World Cup where, you know, you've got a congested program, you're racing three times in three days and, and there's not a lot of recovery. This is, this you've, you've got a fair amount of time. And, with you know, these high-class athletes that are, are well-trained, you know, when you've got two or three days between races, you know, you're definitely going to be recovered and be ready to give your best the next time you, you hit the water in anger. Yeah, and it definitely has looked like it's worked out for those ladies uh, so far. Um, I think they're straight finals in both events, so they'll finish a week's worth of racing with four races. It's really not that demanding. Um, it's it's not like they've had to go through the rapid charge in both, and obviously they wouldn't pick an event that has a semi-final. Um, or the, the women's pair's got a semi. Um, yeah, so, so the semi's in the women's, women's pair, but so the Aussies will end that's straight through. The Aussies will end with five races then. Um, if I got it right, five races in probably six days, seven days. Um, it's really yeah. not that demanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think um, that 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 trained well enough to to handle that. Then you're just coming. So for for those two boats, I think everything's going to plan. Yeah, we'll see how it shakes out towards the end of the regatta. And then diving into the women's pair because it's definitely one of the ones to highlight. Eh? Um, yeah. We. Compared to the form book, where are we at? Um, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, what do you what did you see in the women's women's pair? Oh, I don't know if we learned too much. I think all the crews are just really close. You know, the, the Kiwis and the Aussies don't look like they've given much away. You know, during the last sort of year and a half since we last saw them race, and that was a incredibly close race in Austria in 2019. I think we may be in for a for a similarly close race. Um, two two very good crews. Um, the Canadians definitely in there, and it's nice to see them coming back to some form after the, after their win at the the 2018 World Championships. Um, I think they've had a change of coach, um, probably a bit of a change of system, but yeah, they look like they're back to their best too. So really interesting prospect there. Helen Glover and Polly Swan in the in the GB crew. I think they were world champions in, in South Korea back in 2013. Obviously, having Helen Glover coming back from you know two pregnancies, one of those being for twins. Super inspirational to see her in the start line, yeah. Um, and you know she might be just getting into it. You know, I think there's a lot, lot of momentum to be gained in the next, you know, six. Well, the next few days going into, into the the finals, and, and she's she's experienced. She knows what it's all about. She knows how to how to get the most out of herself. So I wouldn't be surprised to see see her knocking on the door come finals time. So talking about men's fours, uh, the Aussie fours looking really, really good. Dustin, you've obviously got a bit of perspective of that, having been closer to that um, that system. But yeah, those guys have come back. Um, obviously, had an off year just uh, um, just in the qualification. Then we didn't see them for two years, and they certainly seem back. Um, talk us through um, yeah, the other men's four. 
yeah, what a race and prospect. I think over the, the last two Olympiads, London and Rio, it's been Australia versus Great Britain in, in that event. And Great Britain reaching the top spot in the podium with the Aussies playing second fiddle in those two Olympiads. But uh, I think that uh, that rivalry has been well and truly reignited with the performances we saw from those two crews in their respective heats. Like you say, the Aussie four look, look bang on it um, and, and look back to their best. Uh, a little bit of a personnel change there. They've got Alex Purnell coming into the bow seat of that boat, um, and he's doing a great job. Um, and then in the in the second heat, we saw the British, and, and looking at the splits going down all the way down the course, 500, 1,000, 1,500 metres, they were bang on the same times going into the line. Uh, maybe the little chink in the armour there, so I think the British fade did in that last last 500 a little bit, and they did start to look a little bit ragged. Where I thought the the Aussies held held their cool pretty nicely and and rode through the line pretty well. But uh, yeah, all to play for there, and another exciting racing prospect. Really looking forward to that one. Um, I guess one of the things to talk about, and James, maybe you can you can give us some insight. Those guys have both those crews have now both just qualified straight to the finals, and they got a little bit of waiting waiting to go through. Like, you know, sitting in the Olympic Village, you know, with with all the all that's an offer at the Olympic Village, the food hall, you know, lots of people running around and the distractions. Like, what do you think in terms of management? You know, without any racing, any goals going into the finals, you know, which is a few days away. You know, what are you looking at doing in terms of getting your mindset right to get get those finals? Yeah, so it's it's a great question, and we've always spoken about like the Olympic Circus versus the Olympics. Um, and I think this really does give them a time now to get distracted by the Olympic circus. Um, racing is a quiet and down. There's not other rowing to watch necessarily, which is just a bit of distraction. Um, will they have access to the course? Um, that question was raised. Um, yeah, so definitely an adapt a time to be adaptable for sure. But it's a, um, I, I think it's very easy to get it wrong in these few days. And um, it's almost... One of those things, if you focus too much on it, you might overcook trying not to um, undercook it. And if you try to undercook it, you might you, you, you might do too much of that. So it's a balancing act at this point. Um, and I think, yeah, there's some, the, the Brits are so, aren't like, yes, the Aussies have come back from one off season, but the Brits have really developed that for quite lately. It's not like they're even coming back. They've just managed to get that together just in time. So, yeah, I, I don't know um, exactly how you manage it. I just know that you can't get caught up in the Olympic circus. Um, you've got to keep on training. You've got to keep on staying in your routine, all of those things. Um, then how much of that's going to be challenged by um, the COVID considerations? And uh, more than ever, um, I think there's probably less Olympic circus at this Olympics because of COVID. Um, there's less um, interaction. There's less time in the dining hall. I think guys are probably getting in and getting out it's probably made it all a bit more professional than the years when I was there. Um, so I don't know, but it's a long time to be sitting in your hotel room or at this stage of the Olympic Village, but it's much the same thing. It's a long time to be sitting in your Olympic Village now from um, qualification yesterday and these guys they're on the track again on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's a long wait. Um, exactly what they do, obviously, it's coup for coup, but um, they've got to stay away from COVID and they've got to stay um, keep their heads in the game. Um, and the Olympics are high energy, huh? Um, there are lots of other events to distract guys. So um, I think it's just a case of keeping your, your your eye on the goal for the last few days and trying to make. And uh, so I think there's a huge piece of what you've done in the five days before the Olympics is probably starting to show. So hopefully those guys weren't too pumped up um, in the five days ahead of that heat. 
um, and that'll allow them that energy to now grow as we as we come towards the final. That would be my my thought on it. Yeah, you got you got Robin Williams uh, coaching the British, super experienced coach, the, the coach of the the GB women's pair in two thousand and twelve and two thousand and sixteen. He knows what he's doing, and of course Ian Wright, um, the Kiwi coaching Australia now, um, and who got it right with the Swiss lightweight fall back in two thousand and sixteen. So. Two coaches that know what they're doing, but I, I think this event is actually going to be one off the water. It's, you know, it's who makes the most of this, this period going into those finals and, and doesn't focus too much on the finals. You know, takes everything day by day, is looking for those improvements, is not focusing too much on you know, standing on top of the podium, singing your, your anthem. They're focused on the steps on, on how to get there. So let's see how that one, that one goes. But yeah, super excited about that one. That is going to be a humdinger. Yeah, an outside sh- outside shot there. Um, I think the USA have come on a little bit. They certainly showed some form. Um, I know on the on the, the Patreon group, the guys were mentioning Tim McLaren coaching there, and he comes with a lot of pedigree. Um, worth diving into him um, and just seeing. Just if you've got some spare time, he's got an interesting um, and probably an unknown um, to a lot of people Olympic background. But guys were talking about six medals or something like that over the last Olympics. Um, so I, I'll probably need to be fact-checked on that, but yeah, an amazing coach and amazing to have got a crew that's suddenly jumping off the sheet a little bit and a long shot for a rattle, um, but certainly the, that Aussie crew um, and the GB crew looking like class. So I think it's just important just obviously reading into times in the heats, like the commentators always talking about like fastest overall. Um, how much does that matter in the heat and how would you read into a heat just for some of our listeners? Yeah, look, I think you've got to watch how the race is, is raced and, 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 and let that be a guide first. Um, no, no good taking the times at the finish into account when the crew's, you know, well clear at the 1,000 metres and clearly conserving energy for, for the subsequent rounds. So, you know, generally as a rule, when you're racing the heats, I, I tend to look at the time to the 1,000 metres as a guide on, on who's going really quickly. Of course, you're not going to see what they've got left in the tank, but, but that can be an indication. And as you progress through the regatta, you know, semifinals, you start looking at the 1,500-metre time, uh, and then obviously the finals, you know, we know who's fast when they when they hit the finish line at the in the finals of the gold medal race um but yeah i think you've got to watch the race and not be be swayed too much by looking at at finishing times um look at times through the markers not so much the first 500 meters because it's it's somewhat easy to be fast for the first 500 it's it's who can carry that speed on and i think for the heats i think a thousand meter mark is sometimes a good indication of who's going well but yeah use your eyeballs and and see who's maybe overcooking it a little bit in the first first half and then then tailing back but similarly, those crews that are getting up and then tapping off, but, but still crossing the line first, probably lo- losing a little bit of time on that overall result. Yeah, you can always always read into how big the gap is to second if you if you don't have time to see the race. You can always like if if there are two two crews racing for a single spot, and there's only half a second between them, you know it's a much more real time. Um, but if it gets out to four or five seconds for that spot, um, probably not meaning that much. But talking about speed. Women's eights. Uh, I think let's let's touch on both eights. Women's eights. Um, Chinese yeah. fast starting, eh? Absolute cracking race. I mean, if you saw that first heat of the women's eight, uh, China got off to a humding of a start. Uh, you know, the favourites for the for the event will probably be the Kiwis and that Black Felipe. Um, and they were they were left off the blocks a little bit, maybe owing to to two girls in the boat doubling up, as we we touched on earlier. Um, but they just, you know, got into the rhythm, got onto their length and just sat sort of patiently there and then worked their way back. 
Um, the other crew was the Canadians. I don't know if we've seen too much of the, the Canadian girls in a while, but uh, they looked super strong in that outside lane. And, you know, coming into that last 500, we had three crews going for two spots. Um, and it was the Kiwis that eventually took it with the Canadians coming in second and, and the Chinese just, just trailing off towards the end. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't think that they'd be despondent about that and, and then they'll rally in that repercharge and, and should be strong for, for a medal come, come finals time. Um, in the second heat, um, you know, I'm sure the favourites in, in years past, the Americans, um, did the business, got, got the job done, but in a slightly slower time than, than, than the other crews in that first heat. And I, I thought they didn't quite have the punch that, that those other crews had. There's a lot of experience in that boat and there's no, no question a coach like Tom Teha knows how to get his crews up for, for the final of the Olympic uh, regatta in the women's eight. So looking forward to seeing what, what they have in store for us in the finals. Yeah, I think uh, that that U.S. powerhouse women's system, finally, uh, um, when it comes to their big boat, the eight, like it's a knockout. Obviously, it's always since I've been in the sport, they've been at the top of the game. So it's just great to see that women's eight's so competitive. And um, if anything, it's more competitive now. Um, touched on it earlier that the women's four is adding to that like full, complete squad system. Um, and really, de- I, I think it helps develop the eights. And yeah. um, even couldn't, though the women agree more. The U.S. women's the U.S. women's four hasn't made it, but I'm sure having that women's four has um, given an extra an extra four girls the dream, an extra four girls the opportunity to get to the games, and obviously that pushes the top eight girls on. Um, it might I, I, I'm not sure if those are the next four, or if it goes to the pair then the then the four, but nonetheless there are another four girls in the system, another four girls going all the way to the games and keeping them honest and on it. So. Yeah, really, really cool to see um, the women's eight. Certainly one to watch. I think women's four and women's eight, um, both amazing races. Looking forward to it. Certainly another one to look forward to while we are on the eights. Um, the eights uh, GB going through the, going to, having to go through the rep. Um, that rep's now going to get pushed out. Is that right? Um, so the rep will only yeah. be Thursday now. I think possibly seen as a negative um, originally, but now with the race program, um, lots of distraction and stuff. I'm not sure that a, a race later in the week. Um, so it'll be a Thursday and then a Sunday. I don't think that's a bad race schedule. Um, I, yeah, look, I think yeah. We've, we've touched on it, but uh, look, I don't think another race after this time off is a bad thing. It, you know, it gives you, you know, just halves that time that you've got to sit around waiting and, you know, they, they, they weren't ready for the finals and that's possibly why they, they performed the way they did. And I think with their coach like Steve Trapmore, who, who went to the Sydney Olympics in, in the men's eight stroke, that, that great GB uh, winning boat, who, who also had to go through the reps to make the finals and then ended up winning gold. I think there's a man at the, at the head of that ship that knows exactly what he's doing by going through the reps. I'm not saying that they purposely went through the reps, but I think at this stage, they'd probably be spinning that one as a positive. And uh, I don't know if you listen to the, the podcast with Steve, I think for our listeners, go back and listen to that one. I think he documents pretty well what they did in the, in the days leading up to that, that rep and the days leading up to the finals. Um, and that rep provided a great opportunity for them to improve what they were doing and sort of that they won a gold at the end of the day. So I, I think they'd be probably looking at, at a positive spin there. Yeah, certainly, I think. So um, just to touch on uh, the New Zealand crew coming through late qualifiers, uh, there was lots of hype on that. Where do you see them finishing up? Um, 
what would your what would your at this point of the event and uh, I won't hold you to your have to hold to your regatta picks um where do you see that ending right now um who would your medalists be at this stage of the predictions well, I think the second the crew to talk about is the Dutch you know um I've always yeah. thought the Dutch is a great crew you know you watch their clips on Instagram and and social media and they just just look like a crew that's that's moving so well together but they just seem to have lost that ability to sort of move in the last bit of the race or, or they get dropped at the, at the start. They've got a great cruising speed. They don't seem to have just that, that punch off the start line or that punch towards the finish line that, you know, gets them that, that result that they're obviously looking for. But that, that performance from, uh, from yesterday certainly looks like it's moving in the right direction. And they were quite dominant in, in that race. The Kiwis, yeah, they were, they were right up there and, and, and looked promising to, to possibly get a medal. And, and wouldn't that be great to see, see Hamish from the Kiwi men's pair, move from you know the smallest sweep boat class to to the biggest and, and do the business in, in both events so yeah another one to look forward to the germans yeah. i think that that's a t- talking point you know they've they've been a bit hot and cold this season but they seem to get things right in in that in that heat they were really patient let the americans get out uh and then then mowed them down and, and then got that win i thought the americans were pretty good i thought uh super powerful yeah. crew and, and they had a had a pretty good lead, um, but that boat seemed to get a little bit heavy on them towards the end of the race, which saw the the Germans run through them. But I mean, I, I think similarly, they'd be with a couple couple days of rest in the legs, they'd be ready to to fire up for that final. So I think another race where we've got a a great race in prospect and calling the gold medalist across sort of four five crews even anyone could take that gold. So that that's going to be a cracking race. Yeah, so if you just look at that race straight on finish times, and we mentioned that you can't always read too much into that, but it goes Germany, USA, then Netherlands, then New Zealand, then GB. Um, so it's just interesting the USA, despite not going straight through, um, certainly pushed GB onto uh, pushed Germany onto their foster onto the fastest winning time of the heat, and they actually got in faster than the Netherlands. Um, so I think, yeah, uh, uh, while well, we're talking about GB going through the rep. Maybe it's just uh, the U.S. getting that extra race in. Um, uh, they've the shown US better will, speed. The U.S. will go yeah. straight through to the finals. Top top two in the eights go straight through to the finals. Uh, I'm not sure you're right on that. Um, FISA, the FISA results schedule shows otherwise, but you, you're giving away some of your um, your, 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 <laughs> your inexperience in rowing there, Dust. Um, New Zealand definitely going through a rip. Okay. You can hear Dust, you can hear Dust clicking away, fact-checking himself there. Yeah, wrong I am. Cool. So wrong you are. Here we go. We've well, we'll have we'll, then we'll then we'll definitely have to tune in for that record charge because that yeah. that'll be another cracking race. Yeah. So what'll go through? We've got two through. Uh, one rep. Um, I think we'll have what's that? One, two, three, four, five. One rep, and one doesn't go through. So yeah, certainly going to be a final of destiny. Let's see what happens in that rep. Um. Okay, on to singles. There's been lots of racing. These guys started before the regatta or before the Olympics opening ceremony even. Um, caught a couple of people by surprise. I think that's the first time we've seen that schedule um, in rowing. What are our thoughts? Emma Twig, uh, back, hey? Um, yeah, what a, what a performance from her, even in, what in a the story. heat. Yeah. You want to touch on that story? Yeah, so Emma, this will be her third Olympics. Um, been a world champion many times along the way, uh, medalists, and just um, never been able to get the games right. And then back from retirement, um, 
And I think a lot of listeners probably don't even register. Emma Twig has never, um, hasn't qualified, I mean, hasn't medaled at an Olympics. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, it's for an athlete of her caliber around for as long as she's been around. Um, to, to not have even got a bronze along the way is pretty crazy. And this is certainly a, a ghost she'd like to get off her back, I'm sure. Um, and her form looked really good. Um, she looked really, really fluid um, and, and not slow. Um, so, yeah, let's let's see how she goes there. What else do we get out of the women and the men's singles, Dust? Women's singles, goal, yeah. Emma, Emma was quite a bit ahead of anyone through the 1,000 meters, so... Personally, just holding, holding, uh, holding fingers that she's gonna she's gonna crack this one. Uh, men's single skulls. I don't know what we can take from that. It just looked like, uh, you know, the, the normal protagonist. I suppose Damien Martin was one to talk about. He looked looked like he's back to his best, and he's another one from uh, the Rio Olympics. That's that's got a good story and a lot of motivation from that Olympics to to turn things around for this one. Having lost to Maya Drysdale in the Olympics by the closest of margins. Um, he looked pretty good taking out his quarterfinal. And then uh, Oli Seidler, obviously, I think most people's favorites for this for this event, looked uh, in complete control of his heat, um, almost just cantering down the course. Uh, Kittle Borsch winning the first heat and uh, Sverin Nielsen from Denmark winning winning the second, sorry, quarterfinal. Um, so the main protagonists all there, all front and center. I'm not sure what we learned from those those quarterfinals today. Um, I think I suspect right. we'll find out a little bit more come the semis. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a long race. It's a long race program for the singles. We always know that, and not much happens in those early rounds. Um, New Zealand losing out in that single. Um, obviously, it's not a um, high-profile athlete, but that is an athlete that uh, knocked Drysdale out on their way to the games. So I think uh, they'd be a bit disappointed with that. Um, and then I, I think the other one, just who did make it, um, Iran. Interesting. I'm sure there haven't been too many um, Irans in single finals for rowing. So, um, sorry, for semifinals. Um, so I think that's a, a surprise. Um, and I'm sure she's well chuffed to get in there. If I understand it right, she's um, done a bit of a rowing in the UK. Dust, you might have some background on that. No, I wasn't aware of that, but yeah, she she was impressive in her race, super aggressive out the blocks, and got out got out to most of the the favourites in that event, and then just held her margin to to get through to those semi-finals. So, again, the Olympic program, and it's great to see the diversity of the sport, you know, getting bigger and and more and more nations putting their their names on that semi-final. It's great to see. Cool. Yeah, well, that's the the blue ribbons. Um, Anything else from uh, the top performers? I think we can come back to it if we think of any, but just a question, Dust. We've seen lots of, um, lo not lots, but a, a bit of deviation in standard blade shape. Um, I think you were talking, um, you mentioned one of them, and I know the Dutch also have had a, a foil over the top. I know my, Martino Goretti's rode with that um, previously, and now... Um, who um his girlfriend um Sophie is racing for the Dutch woman single in that. So uh, what do you think is in the blade shapes? Do you think there's anything in it? Um what are your thoughts? Um do you think it's just a bit of noise and marketing? Well, I think the concept two comps seem to be, you know, normally rowing is a 
a slow sport to evolve and and progress and you know rows rows typically you know like what they've rode with for years and, and don't like to change but the, the change to these uh comp sculling blades from concept two seems to have been pretty quick and and athletes have embraced them pretty quickly so that that tells me that there's something in it you know i spoke to mark prater who's the the men's coach of the australian uh quad and um they did some testing between the normal shape concept two and and these new comp blades and he said it wasn't even marginal and they they've jumped straight to that blade um from, from the sounds of it, it just sounds like there's a better press off the finish um and they seem to have more contact with the water through the through the back end of the stroke um but to me it's been noticeable a lot of the sculling crews uh rowing around with those blades in terms of that uh that foil on the blade um, I know it seems like new technology, but I spoke to Darren Croker, who's who you know obviously manufactures Croker blades, and he he, he told me that 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 idea has been around for years and had been tried before, and had been put in the the waste paper basket a while back, and it's it's just something that's popped up again. I know there's there's been a few in Australia trying it, um, but I don't think uh, anyone's really carried on with that, and and the athletes know if something's working, they're going to stick with it. So. I'd, I'd say the foil, let, let's see where that goes, but I'm not sure that's going to quite take off. But these Concept2 compilates certainly seem to. And like, I'd love to hear from any listeners out there that have tried it or any coaches listening to this podcast. If you've got, got any information on, on what your athletes or what you've felt as an athlete, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. And, and maybe we'll bring that up in, in the next podcast in the days to come. Yeah, please get in contact with us. Anything on um, through the mail or through any of the social media platforms, let us know what your experience of them is. We'll try get a post out on that as well. Just for the listeners, it's it's looking at it, it's a bit of a stumpier ore. Um, it, it it definitely looks like a smaller ore, um, but but just by smaller I mean not as long. Um, and it's a very interesting shape. Um, yeah, and I, I I guess that allows it to be lighter as well. Um, I would assume. And not having rode with it myself, uh, be really interesting just to start getting some some feedback in there about that. Um, which, which crews can the listeners look out for, Dust, who are using that? Do you know offhand? Um, yeah, I think the, the the Romanian women's double who were super impressive today and in, in winning winning their uh, their semi final pretty comfortably. I think as far as locked on favourites for gold, they look possibly the closest thing we have in this program so far. Um, hopefully, I haven't put the commentators' curse on them. Um, they they certainly roam with the blades. As I mentioned, Australian men's quad are using them. The Kiwi women's uh, double um, loads of crews. So yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, does that come with a, the the skinny shaft as well, or is it a standard shaft? I think it's the skinny shaft. Okay, so all the all the bits and pieces put together there. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. What have we, have we got? Anything else? Uh, there's obviously we we I think. The, the final thing on my side is just understanding that like the management of the athletes. So there's the COVID piece. Um, and I hope that the guys get through the week, but yeah. What else have we got dust? Anything else before we sign off? No, just an, an interesting period ahead with potential time off the water over the next two days, COVID stirring in the background and, uh, you know, some time to sit in your room in the room of mirrors and, and have a good luck, long, long, hard, hard look at yourself and, and see where your head's at for for the races to come. We're getting to the business end. We're getting to the time where you know people are going to make mistakes just from getting from over exuberance and excitement and trying to do their best. And you know the athletes that are going to produce the the medals come come finals day are those that stay calm between now and then and and you know, keep in the moment, keep looking to improve, don't get too far ahead. You know, and 
and yeah, lots lots to play out. So lots of stories, I'm sure, between then and now. Um, yeah, it's looking really forward to to the semi-finals. Yeah, I think now's when the regatta really begins for a lot of guys. Um, as we as we get into the business end, and yeah, we'll be watching closely. And um, for the guys on the pick, the winners, um, keep a keep a close look. Um, and it's certainly going to play out really well and keep some excitement going. Um, I think there's a lot of sport on, and um, I, I look forward to as many hours as possible in front of the TV. I'm very disappointed not to be there, but um, for the athletes who, who their dreams are unfolding with them right now, like good luck, enjoy all of it, um, yeah, and really looking forward to it. And to the listeners, enjoy every day of racing, and we'll definitely be back with you with a, a at least a wrap up if we don't get another one out um, going into next into the last few days of racing, maybe next Friday somewhere like that. But cool, thank you everybody. Hope you guys have enjoyed the show, and hopefully next time we'll get some feedback from Jake and Lawrence, um, and we can get their input as well. Cool. Have a lack like a week. Enjoy the racing, guys. Cheers.